May I write words more naked than flesh? Oh yeah. More resilient than sinew sensitive than nerve. Oh yeah. I can speak no more but my tongue falls silent. Oh yeah. It's time for awkward straight dudes uncomfortably fumbling around with non-binary love. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast. Again, where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The best show ever. The best show to get overlooked for its uh, sexual politics and a time where it wasn't happening that much and well okay well we'll talk we'll, we'll get into that stuff later yeah there's <laughs> literally a mountain of shit to unpack with this episode yes i'm kind of excited about yeah, it me too there's some things to talk about <laughs> um with me as always my name is wade bowen and i'm with myself and with me <laughs> is also james nolan Hey, my name is James Nolan, and I have lots of love to give. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Hugh Crawford. (laughs) Hello, I'm Hugh Crawford, and I've got a secret. I've lost my gun. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go with a tame... Crave the cock or whatever. Like, <laughs> how can I be sorry for something I don't remember? Whoa! No, wait a minute. I did not. Yeah. That you is went not to the dark. Jesus, not, Jesus, <laughs> wait! You went to the dark end what? of that star. Wait a minute. You what need. are we talking about? What? Are we? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, that's enough subtweeting, Randy. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry, word. Mm. Um, well, yeah, so tonight we're talking about an episode called Rejoined. Is that right? That is. It's a, what's such a limp-ass name for this episode? Well, I think right at the top we should probably say a few things about three straight white guys yeah. going over like the, the, one of the most important uh, <laughs> moments in Star Trek and probably television history. A little bit of a disclaimer uh, saying that we're fully aware that we we probably should have other perspectives weigh in on the importance of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I finished watching it last night and I was like, wait a minute, can we do All right. We're going to do it, but we're uh, right off the top. We, we would like to solicit your voice to be heard for this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you want to at the top, we're going to do something a little unusual because this is a different type of episode this week. Yeah. Give out the phone number for the voicemail, Wade. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Give us a call at uh, 917-408-3898. Especially, I don't know, is it, yeah, any LGBTQ listeners out there, I think we your perspective would be pretty good to have. Yeah. To our credit, neither neither one of the show writers nor the director were also a female yeah, or yeah. LGBT. But yes. <laughs> Uh, well, no, no, you you're right. Be, That's the problem of the yeah. show. That's a, like a slur. <laughs> right. That's a slander on my, my slander on writers' rooms in the ni- mid '90s. But yes, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> all right, uh, right off the bat, this is a pretty classic episode. I like from beginning to end. This, I really like this episode. Just oh as a oh scandal, like oh my God. aside from yeah. television. Yeah, oh. this is this yeah. is like everything. This is the. I think I like this it is more a than... lot of what I like about Star Trek, yes. and I think this is. I'm going to call this is the definitive trill story. That if I'm going to, if somebody wanted to come to me and like, what's the deal with the trill? Mm-hmm. And I was going to show them one episode. This might be the one I show them. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 As the visitor, I like it more than the visitor. I yeah. <laughs> I think it. I mean, we can get into it and like unpack it on. Case by case, because I have, yes, I have a lot of feelings about this episode. But I do think that it generally kind of, I wish I could go back to the last, I wish they could work on that last 10 minutes. Like, I feel like. I don't know. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I like that last 10 minutes a lot. Yeah. Do we, do we, are we, we're skipping the plot synopsis entirely or. Oh, sorry. I was just getting ahead of myself. No, I've got that information. Well, okay. This, this, this historic episode uh, was, um. Oh my god! <laughs> it's episode five of season four, mm-hmm. right? Yes, this is yeah. Like you said, it's episode five of season four. It originally aired October thirtieth, nineteen ninety five, and the IMDb description is as follows: Lenara Khan, the new host of the wife of Dax's former host Torias, comes to the station. That is a sentence 
to behold right there. Uh, while they're not allowed to renew their relation, there's still a spark. That that description does not do this particular episode justice, but still that's basically the, the thrust. There's no beast B-plot, really, to this story. Yeah. I mean, there's some nonsense with an artificial wormhole, but it doesn't really matter. And I guess there's some nonsense as to like whether or not <laughs> Worf is having a good time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is a brief there's scene a- where they work on my my pet. They had they were working in a Worf oh, the- Kira thing. Yes. Kira ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Kira sure. asked him what uh, yeah. Klingon's dream about, and he, like... The, the drinking the blood of the lamentations of their women or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and she like, clearly, you, yeah. she clearly totally splooshes right there on camera. And like <laughs> they hover over it. And I think at one point she like fans her neck or something. And I'm like, yes, they're clearly building that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what? Is, it's better that you do not know. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's like, wait a minute. I don't, I, you know, well, yeah, whether she splooshes or not, she says, <laughs> she's still like, there's something there, and then she's like, "I, you know, I never really know if he's kidding or not." Which yeah. is, I never know when he's joking. Yeah, and she's got a little smirk, and like, it's, it's, it's still like since the first episode. Every time you see Warp, you see Kira, it's Warf and Kira. Yeah, like, I, I want to know the story of why this, why they went differently. Yeah. yeah, why it went differently. But nonetheless, this episode. Oh man. Are we, yeah. are we, oh, uh, the other the other kind of B plot is is uh, Quark is a ten year old boy who d- doesn't understand magic tricks. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, <laughs> they started. They did. They started That's the a cold seat. open. Oh, like, yes. uh, and I don't that know. That was weird. That was a weird beginning. <laughs> it. Also, it took them twenty hours, like Bashir and what's her face, to learn those magic tricks. Really? Because it was a she large... kind of sucks at it. <laughs> the <Yeah>. egg one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And uh, it took them forever to learn it. And I couldn't decide whether this was supposed to make Kira look cool or like super dorky. Kira or Jedzia or, yeah, or, or well, I'm sorry, Jedzia. All, all of them. Dax. Yes. Yeah. But specifically Dax. Yeah. Well, no, I think she does that on her own a little bit, but it's endearing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, oh, do you learn that from Tobin? How'd you know he was so quiet? And, well, Julian knows because he's been reading the game. <laughs> They've been doing that pickup artist stuff. <laughs> she teaches him how to do it later, he says, but I bet he he was he was learning that on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but he's like, no, Tobin told me, like... <laughs> So yeah. her former host Tobin, but in my mind, I was like, wait, was it Tobin or was it Master Magician Jeff McBride? Oh, yeah. Master Magician Jeff McBride was also, <laughs> that was just the fun math. <laughs> Joran was that. Yeah. 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 So then you have this nice scene where Cisco calls her into his office and says, there's got to be a bunch of trills doing some spacey shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes, this, la- this lady's, I guess you're supposed to, you're, this lady's going to be there. You don't have to be here. And she's like, thanks for offering, but I'm going to tough it through. Okay, yeah. right off the bat, that was weird because it's not like Cisco is not the one to uh, like allow people to skirt their responsibilities. So you have to know that there's like something bigger at play. Yeah, right, right. Yes. And you still don't know what it is. He's, he's not one to make people just not skirt, just skirt their responsibilities, but like literally run from their problems. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And he's like, <laughs> and then like, okay, that's weird. And then she goes to the CMN and they're, well, first you're thinking, oh, is this guy Lenora Khan? Like, no, it's a dude. Oh, yeah. It's Hunter okay. Drin. Is, like, is this guy Lenora? No, this is Bejal Ortner. <laughs> and like, oh, Lenora Khan. Is a woman, boom, 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 and it's like, well, okay, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Kira is like, well, you know her from somewhere, and then he's like, yes, I know. I and used, can we just point out, be, and I, not to be a gross man, but a cut above the average woman they have on a Star Trek episode. <laughs> All right, she, gross man. No, she's an attractive you, you're, lady. You're, 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 no, you're, you're right. You're disgusting man. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, and not in like a trashy way. She's you're like not wrong. clearly like you know like an older no, she, like, no, like yeah. older. She was like late thirties or whatever. Not uh, that we're we don't have a problem with trashy. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let, let's yeah. not. You, I don't good. want to trash shape. Right. Yeah, come on. Yeah, now. she's clearly an older lady. She's our age now. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's probably in re- it, when she shot this. She was probably us, five honestly. years younger than us. Well, yeah, I read a tweet. I read a tweet somewhere that at age thirty nine, women are too old to have children, but at age thirty nine, Donald Trump Jr. is allowed to be considered a child. Like, <laughs> but yes, yes, that's uh, like oh my god, she was born in nineteen fifty eight, and this was in nineteen ninety five. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. She's still, wow. oh, she is still getting work. 
She was on Timeless last year as a major character. She was. She deserves uh, it, man. She was it's Green great. Lantern, or she was Green Arrow's mom in the Arrow show. Oh, she's still. Yeah. Oh, she's, wow. She's still. She's like that Robin Wright pin sort of. I mean, she's still. She still got it. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. I hey. I believe it. She's pretty great in this episode. I she's thought. so good in this episode. Yeah. She is so good. And um, one of the things I was reading is that Avery Brooks like took this like the story to like like he did this did this a job. Oh yeah. Well he directed this he episode. Her, yeah. yeah, he he directed this episode. And he called her in like three days early. And it was like the only like in their off time they would just have like rehearsals because he wanted to get like their relationship oh, I, right. I believe it. And it 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 works. Yeah, they yeah. they really they did put the extra effort like the extra effort and the choices made in the mm-hmm. nonverbal stuff and the blocking. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so many yeah. longing glances in this episode where it, it could be awful, but it's good. The chemistry and you know, we spent four seasons three seasons of this podcast kind of shitting on terry farrell mm-hmm. she's not and she's pretty good in this i think she's I mean, she's pretty amazing yeah, yeah well yeah. do you think maybe that her and you know what maybe the, her problem in that first season wasn't her problem but it was she wasn't directed that yes probably yeah. partly that and she's directed well in this and they're you know they're playing more to her strengths they are, it seems like she's always been a relationship based kind of actress exactly yeah i yeah. think that she would have probably been if you had brought her on as a foil for sarah jessica parker in sex of the city i think that could have been memorable like she would have been super memorable in that kind of role or something like that. I think that her talking space gibberish, yeah, for, yeah. like on an already bad show for yeah. two years. Hey, we want you to be Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Like what? Yes. <laughs> what do you? What? Yeah, and they uh, like like well, don't. I'll I'll date his son later, but you know I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But like, the, the, I don't know. Like I almost like the like the plot of this is sort of a blur in the early, but just because those two characters were so on point, like in a way that I don't think I've seen on the show. Right, right, and that that was so subtle and they're playing with fire here this is i mean like 19, 1995 1995 audiences was sitting down this was two years before the ellen kiss by the way oh i yeah i did a whole research thing about gay kisses on television but i'll, mm-hmm. I'll save it till yeah, okay yeah i mean like this was electric and 1995 people are, are sitting there watching the same sex kiss and i guess they get to get away with it because it's not technically same sex like it's not like the, the writers are really defensive that this is not a story about lesbians sure yeah this is a story about trills and i'm like yeah but yeah but hell okay th- then it's a transgender kiss what that's a whole other thing mm. you know like <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean that's that's what's great about sci-fi you can tell these kind of stories and yes it's you know they're talking about trill issues about reassociation but kira and julian have a great kind of back and forth at the bar with Quark, where Quark is like, wait, let me get this straight. Julie, Dax was in Torias, who was married to Lee Nilani, mm-hmm. and then he died. And then Joran is not the guy. What's the order of everybody? And he's like, my head hurts. And then Kira and Julian walk off and Kira is like, you know, for the fact that they never talk about gay relationships or have any gay characters in Star Trek at all because of all the taboos and our culture at the time. The fact that in the future, in the 24th century, nobody has any qualms about like, She's like, well, that's bullshit. Why shouldn't Jedzia and Lenara Khan be able to get together? They love each other. And there's no, there's not for a second does anybody think, but they're both women. It wouldn't be right because that's just, yeah. even I though. I do think you're, you're right. I do think, I thought in another sort of context, I thought the other way where it's, if you think like now, just like 20 years later, if homosexuality is this commonplace now, you can imagine it being so commonplace that that explaining it to Quark scene wouldn't have been so complicated. But it's explaining it for 1995 us. Right, right, right. So I get and, it. And <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's the trill thing that's complicated, not the fact that they're same sex. Yeah, yeah, but it did have to explain. Yeah. And now that person's a woman, and now, you know, Jed yeah, was a yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. they have to explain it all as that it wasn't, it wasn't gay before. <laughs> 
Like, you know. Right, but but the fact that it's oh, gay. Oh, you think that that was. Don't send us letters. It's not gay. Don't send us letters. Like, that's I, for them. But in universe, none of the characters, that's for the audience. Yeah. But in universe, none of the characters think anything about gay. They don't have gay. the homophobic guy. Yes. Yeah. They have, they have no concept of, oh, it's gay. It's weird. They're like, oh, they're, mm-hmm. they were married. Why can't they be together now? That's, you know, and she, Kira and Julian is like, well, reassert. And then they have reassociation. It's this concept, which is a good excuse for why. Trill can't be together in universe, out- but it's clearly an analogy yes. that easily fit and a metaphor to gay relations. Forbidden love, yeah, forbidden love. Yeah, it's been a huge bit like bitching about like the dumb Trill law, and then I was reading about why like Michael Pillar installed it, and I guess it kind of makes sense. Where if it does, it does make sense. Yeah, because from like a like from a social structure perspective, if only a certain amount of these people have these space worms then if they just kept intermarrying then you do set up like a, an aristocratic class yep. yeah. of belly worms and so in order to force them to sort of intermingle into the fabric of the trill society you have to sort of be had to take a hard edge against these yeah. things Which makes star sense. trek should have introduced like an evil version of the trills like where you've got you actually have a planet of an oh, aristocratic yeah. parasite like ruling class. Yeah. Like the Romulans to the Vulcans kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, would yeah. have been super interesting. That would have been super Bad guys with a, like a generational long memory. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, come on. And, and then like the host, the unjoined ones are kind of like almost like cattle, you know, like. Right. Fodder, yeah. Like and a, you just pick the one they get to pick. Like you could even say that they have these like body, like beauty pageants or body shows. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you just pick the best one and then you basically rip out their personality and stick a worm in them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're ripped up into the yeah, wraps around their brain or something, yeah. just something different, like a different attaches to a different part. Yeah, just yeah. something different. But yeah, like there, there's a whole lot. Yeah, you yeah. could have done because if a, if a worm like a symbiote worm could be found on Trill, there could be a comparable you know organism on a different. Oh sure, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Humanoid physiology being what it is in, in Star Trek, it's conceivable. Well, did that, they co-evolve? Did they co-evolve on the same planet? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's, so. that's that was my whole complaint. Yeah, oh. about the drill <laughs> is that how? how yeah, did, we had a lot of talk. We've yeah, we never figured out the evolution. I've but put that gripe behind me. Got, yeah. I love in this episode. We still have time for nerd corner talk here. And I like that yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But no. Yeah. And her brother and every. Well, also, did you notice all the other scientists are joined Trills, apparently? Oh, are they? If we're getting in the nerd corner, we can talk about Trill naming structure, I think, because I think you only have a first name until you get a. Until you get a Trill. It, you know, Jadzia was Jadzia, but Dax is the symbiont. I assume. Drin is Hunter Drin's symbiont, and her brother, who doesn't have any of her names, her brother is Bajal Ortner. Yeah, I guess I guess the symbiont's name is Ortner, which is like a pretty nerd, dorky name for a symbiont, I think. But Ortner, <laughs> yeah, like, all the other symbionts in the elementary school puddle, all the uh, other symbionts call him <laughs> mean names. <laughs> Hey, Ortner. Ortner. <laughs> Little Ortner. Yeah, no, and that, I guess that that would be to the, the brothers join true. Also, that does seem classes that you send the, yeah. I guess they're better. I mean, here's the thing is, could they help but be better right. than the other class? Like, you can try and pretend other like. Other lifetimes of experience. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't help but be better, right? Smarter, the best scientist, the best people. I mean. The best. It makes sense that the best scientist would also be joined. I guess it's not necessarily that they would necessarily all be related Mm -hmm. because, you know, but I don't know. Drill Nerd Corner is very, well, Drill Society is very competitive. Well, but it still seems like they have an aristocratic class. If the only people going to look at the opening space vaginas Well, we don't know. We have a uh, sample size of three. That's true. But it's, but, and the, the symbionts are... Well, now, wait a minute. It's not aristocratic because there's like an application. Like, it's... An, yeah. Can, and there's an application process. That anybody... You can get into it, but the, yeah. The, if you're joined, you're more prestigious. But we don't know necessarily... Now, that's not, that's not to say that there's some deliberate systems. But, Hugh, anybody... Right. I, yeah. Anybody can start up a Silicon Valley startup app yeah, yeah, and yeah. become Mark Zuckerberg. Listen, James, but. it's just genetic that right. some of the joint, the ones are more... <laughs> Their, their, their brains are their brains are clearly bigger, and yeah. <laughs> you can tell. And by don't pay look. any attention to those lead studies on Trill. Yeah. It's just obfuscation. <laughs> if you look at their quick, uh, quick twitch fiber muscle fibers, <laughs> stop, you'll stop, see. Stop, stop. <laughs> no, no. Um, where are we at? 
<laughs> I don't know. Are we going to go talk, talk hot lesbians? Oh, oh, we should. Um, well, I mean, I think we're probably going to be more respectful than just reducing it to that. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah, but no. It's, well, I was gonna just joke about maybe we don't have the right voices to talk about this, other than you know my mom thought that you and I were gay for each other in high school. We did, yeah. We we were <laughs> we were we were oddly attached, buddy. <laughs> Here's the thing about this episode: they made it specifically palatable to straight Star Trek nerds mm-hmm. by making it two attractive women. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I feel like there's there's this gross aspect to it that's like, you know, that makes it a boner fantasy for science fiction nerds in the mid-90s. Oh, I think they definitely, yeah. To shield themselves against blowback. Yeah, totally. If this was like Quark and Worf, you know, I don't, like, if, people, <laughs> you know, if, if straight nerds... Had, the one ship that nobody has written. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> well, it actually makes sense if you think about it, but I won't get into that. <laughs> Because okay, listeners, if you have written that fan fiction, I guess let me, us know. Yeah, send us your Quark Wharf <laughs> deviant art. That would be fun. <laughs> right. Oh God, yes, please. <laughs> but if if that were the case, then they would get much more grief about it. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. And they oh, did yeah. this deliberately to insulate themselves. So you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure maybe some of the producers were probably less than couth about it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, a little bit like ew, gross. Just make it hot women. Yeah, there was like mm. a. Well, I guess like I think I should say like it was the story existed as uh, was originally written by Renee Ashevaria as like a it was this heterosexual romance. Oh really? Yeah. And Ronald D. Moore, I guess, because, you know, it's not yeah. Ronald D. Moore said, make this a woman and see what happens. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like, and it really, you know, it blossomed. Mm-hmm. And the writers, I haven't read read a lot about them having to fight Paramount to do it. But apparently Paramount did get a lot of shit for it. Yeah, that makes sense. And Iris I mean, Stephen Bear wrote this quote that I thought was super interesting about Star Trek fandom. Iris Stephen Bear said, I know that Paramount got a lot of negative feedback, which only goes to prove a point I've always believed in, which is that science fiction fans and Star Trek fans are much more conservative than the people want to believe. Mm -hmm. And this whole Gene Roddenberry liberal humanistic vision Mm -hmm. is truly not shared by a significant portion of them. Yep. And I think that is absolutely true. Yeah, there's a certain amount. I believe it. Some people are just in it for the power fantasies, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and maybe we're, maybe I'm a little misguided by, you know, Trek fandom and representation on the internet mm-hmm. is pretty good, but I think, I think he's totally right. Yeah. And a lot of that's moved. Like, I feel like a lot of generations have moved on or, you know, you know, our basis is podcasts and Twitter, which is already sorting out anybody over 40. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I wonder, like, I think that these, I, I, I know that my stepdad or my, not my stepdad, my, my, well, my stepdad too, but my father-in-law is a big lover of Star Trek of all of them. Mm-hmm. And is a super, super like <laughs> conservative guy. Yeah. And yeah. so this concept of like the idea that they live in a communist society or a communist utopia never occurs to him. And even the concept that they call it progress. And I think that it's just, I think that it, it's pretty surface level. I think that it's it's science fiction, which is sort of a incel sort of thing anyway. Like people that didn't go out and have a lot of fun in high school stayed at home and watched a lot of science fiction. And Hugh, <laughs> Hugh excluded, who did both. No, no, I re- re- remember. I told you that's why I never kept up on Farscape. That's the exact story. Is yeah. that it, it yeah. was on a Saturday night and. Like, I was really into it, but by that third Saturday night, like, I had stuff I had to go do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't, me and James had a lot of driving around. And well, doing I did that, too. To do. But yeah. yes, but yes, but yeah. I, I get it wasn't point, as anyway. fruitful, but it was, at least we were in the, we were in the club. It wasn't, I don't think <laughs> that we had an incel lifestyle no, in high school. No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, The results were pretty incel. But, um, <laughs> sure. um yeah. that I think that ultimately it, a lot of fandom of, of science fiction is not about the content. I mean, it maybe, I don't think it's about the content. I think maybe it's about the medium, but not, you know, they don't show up for the super left-wing themes behind it all. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, sort of yeah. boundary pushing. Just the adventure. Yeah, the and ad- right, adventure right. and power and, and specifics. Right, And right. like, you know, th- and, and, and continuity and all of these things that, you know, boys with a lot of time on their hands really, really get into. So World building. 
And so, and a lot of those, obviously, a lot of those are white males, and a lot, obviously, by statistics, they grow up to be conservatives, yeah. and they grow up to write angry letters about watching lesbian, uh, not uh, not even a lesbian kiss, but uh, two females uh, kissing. Uh, so they got letters about it. <laughs> they huh? got letters. Oh yeah. Well, even Bear either. quotes one of his favorite. Uh, <laughs> he says, "I I want to take the time to read one of my favorites." Uh, they were writing to take a task for this our seeming support of lesbianism. And reincarnation at the same time. <laughs> oh, no. This was some minister somewhere. So the reincarnation thing with the chill, it's dangerous. It's seeping into the minds of American youth. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think this kicked up a lot of sort of angry bullshit. I mean, good. It should. Mm. Well, I mean, it shouldn't. But I mean, good that they did. I guess there is some uh-huh. stuff about Paramount trying to overhype it and overmarket it. Oh. And get Entertainment Weekly to come in and, and shoot the scenes and stuff like that. And Avery Brooks kind of like threw like a, like a piss fit about it. Oh, really? It kicked Entertainment Entertainment Weekly off the set, oh, so wow. as not to disturb the actual chemistry on the screen. Which oh, he didn't want to fuck. You stay away from my actors. Thank you. Yeah. And, and like going back to this, I do think that these two actresses had. I must say, it, like chemistry, like from like I haven't seen since like the movie Out of Sight. Oh, oh my god, it's amazing. Like, it's yeah. really like a like yeah. I mean, they go in. She's frazzled. She she's wearing her comm badge upside down, mm-hmm. which actually reminded me. I'm sorry to make this all about myself, guys, but it's my podcast uh, <laughs> or our podcast. No. Uh, when I did that Trek panel at the Paley Center, I wore a com badge from Deep Space Nine, <laughs> and I was kind of nervous, and I put it on upside down. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the panel guests from uh, Women at Warp looked at me and said, do you know you got that upside down? And I felt like such a dumbass. And she called me on <laughs> You should have said, uh, it's an homage you, to the region. Yeah, I wish I'd watched this episode, and I would have totally done that. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a, I look like an idiot in front of this other podcast, and they put my thing on upside down. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes to the, yeah. Yeah, and then everybody's looking at him, and Lenar Khan's like, well, maybe we should just declare our undying love and... We throw ourselves at each other, profess our undying love for each other, and complete disregard for truth. Yeah, that just reminds me of, like, George Michael at <laughs> <laughs> Arrested Development. Like, maybe we should just really show them a kiss. <laughs> yeah, we'd really that, that, that show him. Kissing cousins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and also, it's been a reoccurring theme, is a lot of what we call a really bad acting can sometimes be summed up as really bad writing. And I just want to, like, the writing in this episode is so, yeah, it's is, on point. Is pretty fucking on point. And I think that might be, obviously, Ronald D. Moore is more successful and has written more interesting things than Renee Eschefaria has done since then. So I, I assume it's, well, I assume it's Ronald D. Moore, but that's probably bias. But the scenes in the Defiant, when they're alone, that first time they're alone, that was a really nice scene where they're... When they're having dinner? Or no, when they're lapsed in the Defiant, when they're lapsing into their old ways where they even fall back into saying, you did oh, this yeah. and she did that. Oh, right. don't tell me I'm panicking yet. Yeah. I get it. You know, it's just that you always used to... I mean, Tarias always used to tell Nalani that she was panicking about things, making a big fuss about nothing. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me I'm panicking. Like, and they fall into these old routines and how, like... Interesting, that is, how it was woven in. It made her nervous. Tarias being a pilot made Nalani nervous. And then it, it culminates with this sort of really emotional post-mortem apology by Jadzia, which is pulled off pretty well. Oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, this is their yeah, thing. Tarias was a pilot, and he went off, and she was like, don't go, and he died. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, you were right. And he was wrong. I should have, yeah. And whatever part of me is still Tarias is very sorry and wishes he'd and just, it, it just it seems like through every bit of this episode up until i'll say the last 10 minutes no, me and me and he all disagree with you uh, that's fine but like this this show was throwing pitches for strikes man just all over they were that was just interesting to me yeah yeah they go to dinner all the bros are the, the guys peeping tom on her oh yeah yeah mr, yeah. mr. wet blanket her brother wet blanket <laughs> yeah 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 uh, uh, otar yeah that nerd no 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 yeah. it's not her brother it's the older guy it's hunter drin and then the hunter drin goes to her brother and is like dude hunter drin sounds like a star trek name for jack reacher like if you were gonna make <laughs> if you were gonna make some science fiction military space yes. hunter drin yes yes yeah two to stars and back a hunter drin story whatever yes. Stephen Cole name was in the enterprise it should have been hunter drin yes <laughs> military guy oh yeah. god yeah the space marine yeah uh hunter drin goes to bajal ortner after he's peeping up, <laughs> up on jedzia <laughs> and and he does what my mom did to my brother and says 
hey man, what's the deal? What's going on between uh, Jadzia and and Lenara? And her brother is like, dude, I don't know what you're asking, but the answer is no, <laughs> which is, uh, I, I believe, what my brother said to my mom when she okay, came up. I believe said, that we need to James. clarify. We didn't like roll in bed together or anything. We just hung out a lot. Like we didn't do anything. We weren't like yeah, we oh, were just. I, I didn't feel the need to protest. I think people just take us at our word. <laughs> yes, I know, but I, I, like, I, like we didn't like take our shirts off and like, like, like. <laughs> Yeah, I just um, wanted to no, clarify. No, no, go on. Take your shirts off. I want to know what you think two gay men do. <laughs> no, not what two gay men would do, but what, what, you know, like. No, I don't know. What would I have to walk in on Daniel to see Daniel do it with a kid to make me think, my son is gay. I don't know what I would have to like, but it's probably not what we were doing. No, that was just that I, my brother had a girlfriend and my mom had never known me to have a girlfriend that I told her to her about. And I hung out with James an awful lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, back to the show. <laughs> so, anyways, Lenar is like, "What you spying on me, bro?" And she's like, "No." And then she goes to and gets mad at her brother, like, "How dare you? you come on, it's, there's nothing going on." She goes to Jadzia's quarters, and something is going on. Jadzia's doing like yoga. She's doing sit-ups by the coffee table. That's right. A low-cut shirt and like sweating a little. And yeah, yeah it's... got her hair down. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, she's, she's a little standoffish because she's like, come on, we can't do this. And Lenar's like, what's? There's nothing going on, right? And Jadzia's like, well, there kind of is, but I'm kind of fighting it. Mm-hmm. And then they fight it, and then they have the most passionate kiss in Star Trek history. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As far as I, I don't know, man. Yes, it is. It is pretty. Yes, I mean, whether it's a gay kiss or not, it's still just like I don't know. Like, yeah. spit. You see, there's they some, did there, a really good. They they did have genuine chemistry. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. It's, they were like, it's they, not like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock at the end of the Lake House. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, there is legitimate. Like, I'm not making that like comparison. Like, they have the kind of chemistry throughout the episode that I feel like like that. George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez had an out of sight where it's just like through the whole movie. You're like, okay, just get back to those two talking to each other. Yeah, like right? that's yeah. only thing I care about this movie. Uh, that was like that in the show, but it was uh, uh, in that scene. Terry Farrell is doing interesting work here because I mean, if you think about it, she is, her love is based in a man buried in a file in her mental hard drive. And so their relationship is, it was a male, female, but it's being sorted through this filter of a female. So she doesn't just adopt this like sort of stereotypically mannish sort of no. relationship stereotype to try and like woo her or move her on. It's still expressed as a woman. Like her her beats are still feminine beats. Right. And, and her traditionally like yeah. and so it's really it's super interesting. I mean, they even have a conversation about like how Curzon's a rule breaker or whatever, and mm-hmm. Lenara probably wouldn't have liked him, maybe. And then the fact that they're scientists is weird and they wouldn't have gotten along if Lenara had met Curzon. And then they're like, you know what? You and I, Lenara and Jadzia, probably have more in common than Torias and Denali or that's, whatever. That's her name what is. I want to like. This isn't you a know. recreation of a past love. This is it is, this, and it's even it's more too. Yeah, know? this is a new love. It it well, I don't even know if it seems like an old love because you both. It was both. It, it's cleverly both. It has a newer context. Yeah, but but you believe, and it's part of it's so the actors are doing good enough work, and part of it's the writing's there, and it's like there's a history. You can sense like half of like a third of all their scenes are just them looking longingly at each other, mm-hmm. but you still believe it. Yeah. Yes, and and clearly like. Waking with like like <laughs> desire, mm-hmm. and I don't think that would have been the same case if Dax, instead of getting put into a very attractive thirty year old woman, was put into Baron Harkonnen. I don't think that Lenora would be as yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. There is a new like Lenora is interested in Jedzia too. Sure, there's the previous context, but there is there is a new element yeah. to this too. So I don't. I think they're a little disingenuous when the authors are like, "We didn't write a lesbian story." Right. Yeah, yeah, not. Fine. I, whatever. Say what you got to do to get this on television. <laughs> but. Sure. They have chemistry. They're talking about mm-hmm. all their yes. past lives with. They they put they put Bashir back into the friend zone. They did. Of. And that was actually <laughs> like that was really well use of, of Bashir in that. <laughs> 
where it was like, sh- yeah, and he's good in it. Like we had two seasons to get him out of the friend zone with Jadzia and they just stuff him back in. Yeah. But you know what? It's done pretty well. So I won't. And I think about that it. that was the first time that you say that they, they didn't play any jealousy notes. Mm-hmm. Like th- I think it should be pointed out that nobody is too. None, nobody's acting like we are. Nobody's going like hubba hubba. Like right. his reactions in that could have been like, I'm jealous because this woman is is macking on my girl. Or he could have been like, two hot ladies, like hubba hubba. Like he he's he was bored. Right. right. <laughs> like, but he's but, he, yeah, he's just bored. He's like when she's like, oh, please come to dinner with me. And it's like, oh, she'll be there. He's like, well, I really, sh- you know, I I really shouldn't do this. And it's like, because, you know, I'm burning a torch for you, but I'll do it anyway because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm the guy from the John Hughes movie that's in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think that that's... Now, that's, are we sure that he was bored? Are we positive? Yeah, because he gets out of there real fast. Are when, we, are you sure? Oh, 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 okay. I'm, I'm I get, ju- he was saying that he's over oh, and I agree. <laughs> are we sure? Okay. Are we sure? Oh, okay. I don't, I'm not quite sure if he was bored or not. <laughs> Maybe if he could have done something with his face and his hands to telegraph his <laughs> Okay. Maybe if he could have smashed his face into his hand, he does do that. Would have known how how sleepy he really was. (laughs) So they don't wear watches, but he could have tapped the watch. (laughs) He just kept looking at his watch. Um, Look, as someone who loves grand overblown reaction, uh, are you saying you're you're (laughs) saying Raimi love is coming through? (laughs) I was trying to figure out a way to to Uh, subtweet it uh, here at Warren again and throw in a Magnolia reference. Oh, that was just my analysis. That was just my my thing. It had nothing to do with that. I was just. um, He can figure out what day we're recording. Anyway, this one. yes. Uh, okay, so yes, yes. He he was bored. He got put in the. He kind of got relegated to chaperone status, mm. which he was. He was fine with. Fine yeah, with. he was being a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's friend zone, and he's like, you know, that's all I'll ever be. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, like I don't even know. I didn't even think about them still being like him still carrying a torch for her. Neither did I. I didn't until that scene where he was like, you know, I shouldn't do this, but you know, I will. Oh yeah. It's like it was very. Well, I think he. I, I almost but read I mean, that as like I shouldn't do this because you know you're gonna you'll get fucking the deal. society. Yeah. Like allowed. To, oh yeah, yeah. Allowed to die like normal. That's people, what I thought but, too. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Well, say her friend. Friends do some good friending to her, like, and then we, I guess we could talk about her scene with Cisco, yeah. Cisco, where he's giving her the tough love, yeah. Where she's like, "Come on, I want." She didn't really suck in that either. No, she was pretty good in that too. I, I felt like they could have fallen back into old patterns in that scene, but no, like that was a. I mean, I guess yeah, the the scene where she tells Cisco that she wants to run away with Lenora. That was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that was one of my favorite Cisco scenes. Yeah, because. We get to actually see him be very intense about a stance, like right out of the gate. There's no hemming and hawing mm-hmm. with how Cisco feels. Yeah, he can see where this conversation is going. He's going to head it off the pass. It's a and no. And he's got his facts know, in a row. Like yeah, he yeah. does. Well, he's had this conversation before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curzon said this. Curzon, yeah, and like you know, and then he goes, and I understand. Yeah, Curzon. Even though, even if Curzon didn't be- believe in the policy. It's like it's too important. Yeah, and the I mean, and it, it did contextual advice. But I mean, we all die, so it's hard for us to give a shit about something living on, like that. You know, something being essentially immortal. But I mean, that that context is no. That's a pretty big fucking decision considering these ones. Yeah, you're you're going to kill. You're gonna allow somebody to die who doesn't have to die. Yeah, just because you. you yeah, know. they're two worms, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they go. That's a lot of trouble that that society goes through for just worms. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right, right, and you know, Curzon was his best friend, and. Jadzia's here now, and he doesn't. Oh, want- I didn't think about that. She's he gets to actually have Curzon still around, but if she makes this decision, that's dead. Right. right, right. I mean, even though she'll outlive him, but yeah, right. Well, and then the other thing, Cisco knows that she knows how big a deal it is too. So you know, he's like, no, you know, you shouldn't do this. But at the same time, he knows that she's aware of the same thing that mm-hmm. things that he does. So at the end of the conversation, where she's like, I don't know, but I love her. He's like, you know what? If I were in your situation, I'd probably make the same decision. And I told you my opinion, but you know what the stakes are yourself. Mm. And if you make this choice, I have your back. You know your stakes. You can make your choices, and I will support you, which is pretty, you know, I don't know. That whole scene is great. Yeah, Cisco is a good egg. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a really, like, I liked the, I appreciated the intensity. I thought that, like, I liked that she was, 
petulant for a bit. Like, cause I think that was in character. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that was within her arc in the show, but then like, you know, that she sort of, she kind of heard him and this is starting to sort of circle in on my problem with the end of the show is that she sort of listened to him there. And then I don't think it changed her mind. Oh, no. I I still think she would have given it, like, Lenara made the decision for the both that's of them. Yeah, exactly. That's, I wish that was, I mean, Lenara's not a no, Lenara's uh, not a character on the show. I wish that Dead Zia had made the decision, so at least that I would have. Yeah, well. Dead Zia would have been the woman to make that yeah. decision, like the character to make that decision. Yeah, so yeah. that's my biggest beef, is at the end of the episode. Well, that's yeah, no, that's what I like because, well, Jadzia is, she's fighting it off. Like when Lenora comes in, it's like, what the hell's going on? Jadzia's like, no, maybe we shouldn't even see each other. Mm-hmm. She's playing defensive. And then they make out and she's like, oh my God, she's all a flutter after they make out. And I get it because that scene, yeah. that kiss mm-hmm. was passionate. I thought there was spit glinting, glinting off the lighting. And they dove in there. back in. Like, they did that like timid, I, like step out and then die. Yeah, it was, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. It was good, and I don't mean that in a gross man way too. It was just, it was it was a well acted scene both both ways. Um, a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> okay, a little bit of that. Too. Um, and Jadzia is like, well, okay. Then they leave, and then they do the um, the first test of the artificial wormhole, and it works. And they go back and do it again. Can I just point out that the artificial wormhole, the way it looked. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Hey, look. Are you saying it's... It's very vaginal. Like, a spirit, yeah, like that's a, what I thought you were going to say. A space vagina opens up and sort of squirts out of it. Like, and they do it twice. And I noticed it twice. And I maybe have a dirty mind. I do have a dirty mind. <laughs> yes, but, you like, do. But, like, that was what I noticed twice. And I don't know. Like, it was a giant pink thing that opened up and squirted twice. <laughs> like... Um. I, I, I didn't see the squirting, Squirt. but uh, it's squirted. It kind of unfolded. Believe me, uh, <laughs> I mean it squirted space. All right, space I'll, like glowy space goop. Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, uh, and that second time it was explosive. <laughs> it was, so it was explosive. very explosive. <laughs> it destroyed the Defiant. Yeah. And it almost killed Lenara Khan, and then Jadzia has to sit, set up a force field for twenty seconds to walk I'll walk over down green. a green. Ocean. green thing and you know and i know why but you know another slightly angry nerd corner part of me is like couldn't they just shut the gravity <laughs> off but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but i get it it's fine then they go in there and and you know they've made this their decision but in that passionate moment where they almost lost each other like i don't ever want to be separate from you again and they embrace each other and like no never again we'll never be apart you not again not again and then they go back and lenara's recovering with her brother and her brother is like you saved your life whatever i'll leave you all alone in a minute and then that last scene is i thought that last scene between them was like an amazing scene i did too i i think it was you know it was a show don't tell type situation and star trek so rarely makes it a point to do that yeah i would agree yeah and the, and the you know like if you walk out that door would both of us know because lenara's like no no i i want to i want to come back with you but you know it's cr- this is crazy let me just go back to get the telemetry after dax is like no you could do it here and it's like well we'd be exiled just i can go back for a little while but i can still come back to you after that maybe just let me go back to trail i don't have curzon i don't have a little curzon in me I can't make these brash decisions to break the rules. But then Jadzia's like, listen, if you go now, you're never coming back. Both of us know that. So let's not let's not kid ourselves. But if you cared enough about me, maybe that you would stay and everything. And she walks out the door and makes her decision to leave Dax. To go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so Jadzia Dax is a character that's not Which, had an interesting storyline in four years, two and a half years, three and a half years. They finally land on something where it's almost revelatory how much it's working. Yeah. It's really an interesting thing. And so you now have, you're on the precipice of like redeeming this character out of like this sort of shit pile of the show and making her like a super interesting, like pivotal character. And in the moment that you can do that, you cast her as Ingrid Bergman and not as Humphrey Bogart. And I don't know why, why they should have found a way to make it the other way around. Where Jadzia is making the noble choice. No, no, no. Because I you disagree. Don't want, I'm with you. I disagree because then you've got a federation 
person who does always does the right thing does the right thing instead of I guess so, but I I get that part, but it makes her look almost weak. I don't think weaker than I think weaker than Lenora, weaker than Lenora. I don't think it makes which is fine. I think think the showing I think it's it's, fine, except that I've got a I I don't mind that Lenora is built up as a great character. I'm saying that, but Lenora walks out of the show forever at the end of this episode, and so I don't feel like that it built onto the character that I'm I have to spend time with. Well, they that's just a wasted opportunity down the road. I mean, they should have had her dealing with the fact that that she was going to throw it all away for a person. Mm-hmm. which might call into question her commitment to her duties when shit gets real, but it never does because they never work that in. Yeah. But right. It's, that's just, just like, I mean, they have a stray dog caught in, in the computer. And they never deal with that too. So <laughs> no. Sure. Yeah. And I, I well, Jadzia actually throws away duty a few times. Yeah. Like she did that in blood oath. She's like, yeah. I have this thing from my past. I have to deal with, which is, and she does a meridian too. Those same sense. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, meridian. it's the same sort Boy, of, she's really just a life. Does <laughs> she really want to be there at all? I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll know in the last season of Star Trek, these Space Nine. Right. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you think that the symbiont inside Lenora uh, has any sort of self-preservation and is the one that told it to give it the feeling to get the hell out of there? Oh, I guess that's true. Because <laughs> the symbiont knows if this lady, like... <laughs> Hooks up with this other lady. It's I'm toast. Well, why didn't Dex symbiote have that selfish, selfish? I don't know. The symbiotes also love each the other. Richard Dawkins' famous book, The Selfish Worm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you ask the writers, their love is just because of the past, not because of their lesbian bodies. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess I should say I'm throwing the writers under the same heading of trying to say this is not about lesbianism. Ronald D. Moore distinctly didn't say that. He said it's not technically about lesbianism. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And, and then he goes on to say that he gives this thing about I, I want, I have homosexual friends and I would hate to live in that kind of life. Uh, not, I'd hate to be a homosexual. I'd hate to live in the kind of life where I'm not accepted and my love isn't viewed and is like, and I think there should be stories about that. That's what he said. Yeah. So, I mean, Ronald D. Moore's right. Oh, no, yeah. Ronald D. Moore's, he's a good egg then. No, uh, yeah, Ronald. Yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the right answer. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's a metaphor. And, it was the right answer at a time where it wasn't necessarily the easiest time. To, well, it wasn't yeah, easy it's to It's not say allegory. That. Yeah. Yeah. And for all the, the writers got their wish because history has thrown this episode of Deep Space Nine under the bus. <laughs> because I, I looked up all the... Homosexual kisses in television history. None of them mentioned this episode. Really? They're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. I mean, but I did learn that Hal Holbrook and Martin Sheen were in a made-for-TV movie where they played a gay couple in 1975, which was Really? Oh, that's Did they kiss in that? No, I doubt it. But they were an old gay couple. Actually, no, that was 1972. They weren't no, even old. They weren't then, old. Huh? Like Martin Sheen was hot no. shit. Like he was a sexy motherfucker. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, no, they were a young, hot, gay, young gay couple. Yeah. In, in a made-for-TV new movie in 1972. But in 1975, Norman Lear made a sitcom about an old gay couple. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, of course it would have been Norman Lear, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then later, uh, Sam Harris's mom show soap had billy crystal as a homosexual and right he had a partner right. on the show i, can't I don't remember i don't think he ever kissed anybody though on screen Probably, did he not yeah. the, no what's the first the kiss? first homosexual kiss was in 1991 on la law that makes sense between yeah. two characters that were they women one that got right off the show and then one that ended up married to a dude 1993 picket fences actually was going to have a two teenage girls kiss, but CBS demanded they reshoot the scene in the dark. <laughs> so none of these, when's the first male gay kiss? Uh, well, and that was not until, well, on a sitcom. The other thing they don't ever mention is, uh, I'm pretty sure MTV did it in the night, like in 91 or something. Oh, in like the real the world or something. or something like, oh yeah. yeah. 1994, Pedro yes, was yeah. a big thing and he got married on TV, which was the first ceremony on TV also, Roseanne kissed um, Mariel Hemingway in 1994. Oh, which was before this. Like that was yes, that got a lot of attention. Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah, they got 30 million viewers or something. And that was stunt. That was stunt thing. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. And then all these websites that I looked at totally skip over 1995 and DS9, which I bet this kiss is a lot more passionate and mm-hmm. odder than Roseanne and Mariel Hemingway. Uh, and then they skip straight to friends fucked up royally 
had a lesbian wedding where they didn't kiss. Like, oh, friends. yeah. Friend, yeah. yeah. But then, like, but Ellen, I guess 97 is when she had that episode, right? Right. She came out. Yeah. Well, she came out and then had, like, a kiss, right? Yeah, with, uh, I think it was Laura Dern, actually. Laura Dern, yeah. And then Will and Grace was on. I don't know when Will and Grace had kissed. They, Will and Grace had to have had a male kiss somewhere on there. The first actual serious gay kiss on primetime television was in 2000 on the series finale of Dawson's Creek, I guess. James Vanderbeek? No, no. Is that, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, is that Dawson's Creek? Who was on Dawson's Creek? Vanderbeek is oh, Dawson's yeah. Creek. That's but, the name? Dawson's yeah. Creek. Okay. But anyways, that the first male kiss. <laughs> that's the name of the show, and, but that's not the name of the character. <laughs> his name is Dawson. Oh, but his oh last I thought name you were telling Creek. me. Wait, his last name is Dawson. His name is Dawson Creek? No. Oh. Wait, 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 <laughs> I never James Vanderbeek was in Dawson's Creek. He played Dawson. Okay. Okay. I assume they lived in a town called Dawson's Creek and like or some shit. I don't know. And maybe that was it too. No, I, I think know. his name was Dawson. I think you're right. I just uh, like yeah, yeah. that just makes me laugh. Okay. I thought you were saying his name was Dawson Creek and that made me laugh. But anyway. Oh, and I guess Will and Grace didn't have any male kisses until after Will and Gr- after Dawson's Creek. I think male on male kisses was the real taboo. It was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it seems like if you were going to try and have a homosexual kiss, girl on girl was was definitely the the preferred crowd. The way to go, for yeah. Obvious reasons, yeah. But MTV definitely aired a lot of gay kisses because I remember it being a big deal. But they don't get any play now because it's not scripted yeah. television. And I guess we um, should point out that, like, I mean, like, like Oz was coming on in the mid nineties too, right? Late nineties, yeah. like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. had some like non consensual <laughs> gay kissing, like quite a bit of it. Right, 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 right. So. This is on network too, or prime time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyways, my my point is that Deep Space Nine rejoined. Nobody mentions it at all until they start mentioning it in gay Sulu listicles, like last year. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like we talked about this maybe before about like how, despite we our conversation about how conservative a lot of the fans are of, of the show, like that it is sort of this. I could see being closeted in 95 or, or young a, a young homosexual and seeing this and and really like feeling like the show is saying something to you and this is right like that more than anything i think i've had a good time with like the story is just a satisfying story period mm-hmm. it's also really well done with some electric chemistry so that makes it even better but like that thing i think that that like that gives it a cut above other episodes like i think Probably a lot of people made major life decisions and discovered themselves based on this show. Possibly. And that's sort of a legacy of the show that, like, I, I, I wish when I was going through, I thought that would be addressed more and some of the things on Memory Alpha. Right. And then. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody that talks about Star Trek being progressive and having these big milestones, this doesn't really get mentioned that yeah, much. I, yeah. And, and, and I think it's a minor show. Deep Space Nine just doesn't get mentioned as much, period. Right, but as as the big two, but like it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a lot going on here. Even it's not just lesbians; it's 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 non-binary people, it's it's trans, it's dealing with all kinds of issues. Right, right, right. That I think could be really you know, that a lot of people could sort of see themselves reflect again for the first time from a major character on a network television show. And I don't know; it's hard. It's like I think we sometimes forget that. Like I think that like my son was watching this with me. And it didn't even register. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's a good thing. (laughs) Right. You know, but like, you do have to sort of, that this meant a lot of people because that wasn't commonplace. But no, like, you know, but I watched my son not like give a shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's like, Kira. I was like, yeah, there's why, why can't they be? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the problem? Yeah. So, and, and, and the braveness to make it even in the context of the show, not even make homosexuality an issue. Right. But Kira doesn't like nobody was grossed out or weird. They didn't feel like they had to put the scene where Kira doesn't know if she could be around to go to the locker room with Dax anymore. Like, you know, like there's there's not that shit. Right, right. You know, it doesn't I mean fucking I, matter. I guess you could you could make the argument that it would be nice of them to call out and say because they are still playing mum with the whole idea of gay people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they're like they're clearly okay. They don't think about it at all, but they also conspicuously don't bring it it's up. It's not 
it's almost not it's not polit it's it's dealt with it's not politicized right like and i don't mean that like i like when things are politicized everybody knows me right, right. but like they don't make it about the the lives of homosexuals now right like in the way that they you know they they do in eventually politicize race in the show they don't politicize the homosexuality it's just allows it to sort of exists in the story right. and that makes it a little more deep mm-hmm. but probably it means that it's it's mentioned on less of those those lists that you were looking on right 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 so that's probably like if it was probably more political it would have been but on the other hand like the ahura kirk kiss in the original series i don't that wasn't politicized either and people flipped out you know that wasn't like i'm kissing a black girl you know he didn't say that you know no but he was like even you know he was being mind controlled to do it and <laughs> yes. people still flipped yeah. out so yeah yeah 20th century america's gross <laughs> sure. and 21st yeah. century america's 21st century america's gross too He's not doing that hot. <laughs> but yes, uh, so this was a super good one. Yeah, everybody talks about The Visitor being there, like the one that makes them cry, but I got more emotional watching this one than I did The Visitor, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's really, 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 really damn good. Yeah. I like the father-son stuff in The Visitor a lot, and I, I think sure, yeah, sure. everybody brings their personal bullshit to this. This is really... Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, not saying I hated The Visitor. Everybody brings their book. That's a good quote, <laughs> yeah. too, we should have. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. God, this is good. I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think that's I a good so, thing to end on. Why do they? Why do? Why do the trills <laughs> refer to the Cochrane Range? Why do they have to give deference to the human who invented FTL for humans? Yeah, I, I, even though the trills probably what, had FTL before. I had the same uh, the same thought. Okay, I, don't know, man. I got pages. I got pages and pages of techno babble. I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> yeah. I spared y'all from. So do you just, guys want to go and give me on your revisit meter? What do you like? One never need to watch it again. Ten is a must rewatch. Uh, where do you, where do you put this on your rewatch? Oh, if I'm rewatching it, you have to rewatch it. No, I'm, I'm just talking about like on your re, like if you like get home from work and you want to put on a random Deep Space Nine. Where is this in the hopper? I, oh, I'd put it on eight. The scale of one to five. No, I oh, <laughs> no, I, I said I said one to ten. Oh, oh, so uh, you changed it. I mean, one to f- I changed. Well, it. if it's one to five, I can do fractions, motherfucker. It's a four. <laughs> oh snap! Reduce, reduce my fractions. Uh, good, good, good one. Good for <laughs> The tricky part is how do I think IMDb rated it? Oh yeah, because I think my. Especially given your quote from Iris Stephen Bear about Star Trek fans. Yeah, that is going to be tricky, but I still, oh, I'm interested in this. Well, I, I, we're interested in the next part of, of your game, stage two of this game. Oh, okay. Where you talk about the IMDb. No, I would say that, no, I think this is a pretty high rewatch. I thought this was a, just a perfectly good, I mean, I, I, I don't like the ending, but I think that this is a really good episode and and engaging and, and fun and playful in a way that star trek episodes like that maybe the visitor was too serious yeah but this episode was playful and funny and like you know like in a way right right it had all the characters in it mm-hmm. played by the actors i know no odo no odo oh yeah Odo's, Whoa, odo is on set for like one day like he's in like the he's an extra in the shot but yeah huh. they're like sorry we got to give more time to michael door <laughs> yeah. we have to give him no. a commander's log uh, voiceover or we had to give eddington some oh, speaking lines <laughs> yeah, right. god eddington was weaselly they even managed to make a Ed- eddington seems like a swarmy fuck uh, little scene yeah let's not even i don't even bother with that okay so <laughs> do you guys want to go on and guess the IMDb rating. This is a tricky part. I'm going to say seven points. He made it a tricky part because do you get negative ratings for like, do the conservatives 20 years after the fact go back and rate this negatively? I'm going to give it a 7.5, which does not reflect my views. I'm going to think that they don't do that. I'm going to think that they, they try to be culturally more mature than that uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 8.7 it's got 723 reviews so it's very highly like a lot of people voted yeah. and it's a 7.0 whoa 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 i was all right see i guess i was right but wrong we gotta dive into this read some reviews hugh all right let's get into some of these I want to read you some headlines of the reviews. Okay. I wish I wish SJW. Oh bullshit. my god! If they do, keep, okay. keep your politics out of my Star Trek. This one is actually from Plankton Rules, who gives it oh, no. a seven out of ten, uh, which is average. What, the average, yeah. yeah. 
Plankton, come on. It says more progressive than some people give it credit for being. So that's it says more. It, you know, rejoined is an episode that was amazingly progressive for 1995. So I think let me. I want to look at some more reviews. There's only okay. two written ones. People can just go. You can go on there and just click on the star. There you so go. people are giving it lower reviews and not explaining why. Yeah, it's that Richard Spencer crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry it's not more exciting than that, but yeah, the other one was an eight star review favor. You know, but I think that, yeah, that's that's interesting that it's so many people voted, but it still ended up a 7.0. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I think this is Iris Stephen Bear's point here. <laughs> yep. I think I was going to say that they wouldn't do that. You're right. That I forgot about that. You can vote without having to write a thing. Obviously, they don't have 700 fucking reviews on every fucking episode. That would be in, like written reviews. That'd be insane. But so all Plankton Rules says is this is kind of progressive. Yeah. Uh, there's there's two paragraphs that. Uh, that basically says that yeah, okay. that it's and that's know, a fine the, episode, and not that that's a bad thing. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, that's surprising to me. Yeah, because I thought this. I mean, I just thought this episode was popping. Oh, I did too. And I don't think it's my SJW because I would have torn this apart if I thought it was like shit construction or like overhyping a gay kiss or anything like that. I yeah. I think I think there's just people that just can't handle gay stuff, and they're like, ooh. I, I mean, I you know, I think those people are wrong, but yeah, I think there's a lot of Star Trek. I think your quote from Myra Stephen Bear is yeah, he's not wrong. Kind of uh, vindicated, yeah. That's which is kind of sad. Lens this on a like a gross kind note. Of, I mean, seven's good. Like no, seven's <laughs> not good. Seven is below average um, for the show. So they're putting this in the I don't know, like this, like the meridian, not meridian, in the meridian category. Or the yeah, that, that's where. All right, so do you guys want to wrap this up? Yeah, but all right, we'll go to our next segment. Next segment. All right. I thought I'd gotten over you, and now I know I haven't. All right. Uh, hey, this is normally the voicemail segment, email response. Yeah, you may have listened to the podcast. We asked for your uh, response and your feedback at the beginning of this episode because this felt like a pretty um, intense episode and we wanted uh, maybe voices, a diversity of voices to weigh in on what they thought about it that maybe were outside of our little... Um, rounds of experiences in our uh, backgrounds that are generally kind of similar. All the three of I, us. I still, I still, I still object. I still think that if it can't be discussed by three straight white guys and fully understood, then it's not worth bringing up. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. It's, well, why should I care about the show? If it's not about me. <laughs> what about my free speech? No, okay, right. No, it's I'm not universal enough for me to relate to. Then fuck it, I don't know. You should be able uh, to write shows that everybody like, can mm-hmm. get the same thing out of. Why do you got to separate everybody into these little groups? <laughs> right. Um, Sorry. Well, that's not what we're about. No. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, please give us your uh, feedback. Uh, give us a call at 917-408-3898. Let us know what you thought about Rejoined. Um, also, coming forward, we will be having a new podcast, I guess. We should go ahead and announce that. Yep. We're excited. Yeah, we're very excited. I bet you're excited for the new Star Trek show, aren't you, you, you big old lovable nerd, you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Star Trek Discovery is coming out, and we will be doing a new podcast. And What's its name? Uh, I guess we've settled on a name, oh, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're calling this a Discovery Home Companion. Uh, that's the name of our new podcast. Yes. And we hope that you join us on this new journey through this new chapter of Trek fandom. Yes. We will be going through every new episode of Star Trek Discovery as they air week through week, all 15 episodes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, our goal is to have it out in a couple of days. I don't want to talk out of school. Like, what's our... Yeah, no, we're going to we're gonna try and... We're going to be pushing this stuff out fast. Yes, yes, close as close as we can to the air date. Because that's when them clicks lie. So... Oh, yeah. We want your clicks. We want the clicks. I want your clicks. So, yeah, we're excited. We will obviously be clear-eyed about it. And, and we have our own 
concerns, and we'll see how they address. But we're we're open minded, and we're yeah, we're excited yeah. to yep. join us on a discovery yeah. <laughs> home companion. Is the idea to post the first episode, the preseason episode, up here or on both? Or what? Yeah, we'll we'll let you know. It might show up on both feeds. Yeah, but yeah, it will be a separate feed to uh, listen to the Discovery podcast. Yeah, that so we need to, you to go subscribe to. So they're going to do that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. When we launch that, go do that. Mm. Subscribe. Give us reviews. We want to start off with the... Tell all your friends we want to have a, the biggest and the greatest launch that we can. So we're really asking for your help there because, yeah. yeah, we love you very much and hope that you can reciprocate a little bit. But uh, Yes. And we're we're also the only people who have ever loved you. Yes. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah, I mean, unconditionally. Like, I, and I mean, if if we didn't have support for this, then I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah. Probably go off the air and watch Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I talk I talk about it amongst ourselves and not let yeah. everybody else yeah. Know privately. It. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like the old days. It's yep. like every like every other show we watch. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're gonna have to go back to being regular people. Yeah. Instead of the superhuman podcasters <laughs> yeah, it's like, that you hear before you today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of us want that. So uh yes, definitely click and we want the self-assuredness. We need we need constant as narcissists, we need constant, constant self-validation. Yes. But also I'm very insecure. Yes. We wanna we've noticed that all of the discovery podcasts that are popping up are pretty uh uh Sycophantic. Sycophantic. Whoa, we came up with the same word. Oh, okay. Sycophantic about the show, and we we don't want to be that way, and so we don't want that to be the representation of. But you got to get that out. You got to get us up. Yeah, but we're not just gonna shit on it either. Like, no, 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 no. I'm excited about the show. We're we're gonna have a lot of different opinions, and we're gonna share them with each other and with you. I have very strong opinions about Michelle Yao. So yeah, well, we're all pro Michelle Yao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. We love her. Yes. In fact, we should have called the star. Star Trek Discovery podcast, the Yower of Power. <laughs> the Yower of Yower. But you, yeah, we should say that we should say that a Discovery Home Companion did beat out just narrowly, tempted by the fruits of Discovery. <laughs> Which right. I still, Hugh came up with both of them. I still like. Them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Klingon alopecia was one that I pitched that never got anywhere. And uh, we, yeah, we. I, I how how I met your Discover was one of those <laughs> mine too. So. Yes, discovery-based puns were in the mix, but mm-hmm. eventually we went with an homage to a very famous, very pretentious, stupid radio show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So yes. join us for more stupidity coming up. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Yeah. Uh, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. Weren't we, weren't we supposed to listen to a phone call?